I think Shelba said something about his brain not being great for golf. We got a lot to unpack oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. We got um, demons. There's demons over here. Good, good. Let's open the closet. <laughs> And welcome back to another part train. I'm your host, Evan Singer. Thank you guys so much for hopping aboard another part train. In case you're new, our mission on the part train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. And we believe that if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can learn to smile through anything. We feature interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and many more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and give you guys the tools to enjoy the ride. Before we get to this episode uh, and this amazing mental game roundtable with the group chat golf memes crew, uh, you probably follow them on Instagram. If you don't, you definitely should at group chat golf memes. Uh, quick word from our friends over at Roback. Um, guys, I, we've been working with Roback for a couple years now, and I've given away every golf polo I have that is not Roback because they're just far superior. And I've also had many friends and family members buy Roback through our 15% discount. And I can tell you, there's been hundreds, hundreds of orders uh, for Roback. And there has not been one, not one person that has been disappointed. Actually, every person has been overwhelmed and overjoyed. I think expectations have been exceeded when it comes to the Roback gear. They just released new summer polos. Um, so go to the show notes, guys, click that link and no need to enter a promo code and you will get 15% off your first order. Uh, that's really the best deal that you can get right now. Uh, they, they never really discount. Um, we have a special deal with them because we've worked together for so long. Um, and guys, if you're looking for something on the golf course, the polos and Q-zips you can't miss with, if you're looking something for more around the house or to stay active in life. I'd suggest the performance t-shirts are amazing. I don't work out in anything other than them now. And also the hoodies, uh, if they're still in stock, are the best hoodies I now own. Everything they do is so good. So click the link in our show notes, get yourself 15% off. And uh, you can also go to our social accounts at the par train. Uh, and there's always a link in our bio there for all the rowback gear. So about this episode, um, these are some of your guys' favorite episodes, the mental game roundtables. We hadn't done one in a little while. Uh, and we had the guys from Group Chat Golf Memes, one of the new golf meme accounts on Instagram. They've grown over 100,000 followers in less than a, in, in about a year, which is amazing. And you'll know it when you start following their stuff. Uh, their stuff is so funny and relatable. And we thought it'd be fun to do a little crossover podcast. So we're thinking about maybe going to their podcast as well. We'll be doing that soon. But first we wanted to have them and just have a real relatable conversation. You know, they never really think uh, or talk about the mental game as much. And so this was super fun to have Sonny and Shubba Watson, as he calls himself, uh, talk through their challenges. And I think if you guys ever struggle with the driver or with the putter, we go into great detail on both. And uh, I think there's a lot of interesting learnings and great conversation and things you'll probably see in your own game from this conversation. So as always, guys, thank you so much for hopping aboard the par train. It really means a lot to us. Um, if you have been enjoying this show, uh, please do us a solid if you haven't done this already and give us a review on Apple podcasts and give us a subscribe. Uh, I know we ask that a lot, but it actually does make a real difference. 
and we're trying to make the par train even bigger and better for you guys. So if you like the show, if you appreciate what we're doing, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and give us a subscribe. It, it'll really help us out. Um, all right, guys. Well, as always, no matter how you hit it out there, enjoy the ride, stay well, and uh, yeah, enjoy the warmer weather. Get out there and play. Take care, guys. And we're back with the group chat golf memes, boys. We got Sonny and Mr. Chubba Watson here. Guys, we just got off an Instagram Live. We're fired up talking about the Masters. We're recording this on Masters Thursday. Not sure when it's going to come out, but soon. Um, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having yeah, thanks us. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you guys on the train. Yeah, we're glad to be here. And once we heard that we'd like to um, dive into the, uh, the mind game of golf and, and how to have fun, uh, that's what we're all about. So uh, very I mean, excited to be here. It is funny. You wouldn't think this, right? There's a lot of podcasts out there these days, and you wouldn't think that um, memes are like yourselves uh, would necessarily be that into the mental game. But there is a, a secret craft to really good memes is really good memes means that you have to be aware and observant enough to, to understand what's going on either in your own game or golf in general. And that stuff a lot of times can be really beneficial to your mental game. So you guys already, yeah. you're almost like you're already there because you guys yeah. got the awareness. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> I think pe a lot of people don't realize that literally all of us are going through the same thing out there every <laughs> time we play golf. And, yeah. and when I make memes, I'm just, I just try to bring that to light. Like we are all, that battle is, is the most relatable thing about the game. And that's what, what like brings us all together, you know, is that camaraderie and that feeling that we go through for five hours, once, twice, three times a week, all summer long. Yeah. So how much are your guys' memes rooted in your own game versus what you see in, in others? um throughout i would say it's pretty much a hundred percent coming from just my game um or where i've been at some point in my career um or a feeling that i've even if i i might not shoot a hundred but i have i mean i have uh in my day but i know what it feels like to to have a bad day um and i know what it feels like to have a good day so i think a lot of times I'm just diving as deep I can into my own thoughts and saying, I hope everyone else can relate to this. And then I just go for it. And most of the time, uh, a lot of people can. Yeah. He says that, but at least 35% of his memes are targeted directly at me. <laughs> <laughs> at least. Well, this is a perfect way to start because as I told you guys off the air, this is a mental game round table and it's as relatable as it gets. Right. Um, you wouldn't think that people are interested in average Joe's games like you and me, but actually it, it's a really popular podcast for us. So how I always start these, speaking of your guys' games and making memes and making fun of your games, I want you each to give people context on your game. I want to give, I want you guys to give a little bit of a journey of where, where you started, what got you into the game and where your game's at right now. So why don't we start with Chubba right now, I can feel that Chubba's kind of chomping at the bit to dive into this. So I'm going to go to Chubba first. Give it to us, baby. <laughs> okay, so the question is just basically your origin story with golf. How'd you get into it? Tell us where your game's at right now, the ups and downs you've experienced in your game. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. So I got into it. I always kind of liked it uh, when I was younger, but I never really put the school I grew up in didn't have a team. So I didn't play. I didn't play. I mean, I, I think I played one round in high school with some friends at one point, but I didn't start playing until I was like 22 or 23. Um, and I just, I mean, it just came from like, I always liked it. And I knew you could, you know, I knew you could like toss back some cold ones with your friends. And so I just kind of went out there and it took, I mean, it took one round for me to hit one shot true and then i've been chasing that dragon ever since um so that's you know i started on a par three course off of mats um progressed to like a a a membership at like a shitty nine hole course that looks like somebody's backyard you know like one par five couple par fours um and then got you know graduated from that to like a real golf course or real ish as close i guess as you could say um, I just, I say that cause I don't think it's like a par 72. I think it's slightly shorter. Um, but I, you know, so I've been playing at like a real course for maybe three seasons or four seasons and my game's trash. I think at one point I had, at one point I had, well, I guess Sonny gets upset when I say it's trash. It's not I great. Could, I could see it's not where I, it's not, it's not where I want Close. it to be for sure. It's like, it's, I've certainly improved since I started. Um, but I think at one point, either last summer, the summer before I hit a plateau, I had a 93, like, I think nine rounds in a row. So, I mean, it, it, like I, I'm at that point, I think I'm like a 15 handicap. Um, I'm at that point right now in my, you know, in my golf career where I've hit, I've hit a good shot with every club, you know, I've, or, you know, as close to like perfect as you can get, maybe, you know, not as long with the driver or whatever, but you know, I've, 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 I have it in me. It's just the consistency and having a bad brain for, you know, the attention span you need over 18 holes of golf to really put it together is my biggest inhibitor, but I absolutely love it. Um, I'm just, I just started chasing the, uh, the divot dragon, which is a different beast altogether from the, just flying the ball true dragon, which had kind of, you know, I'd kind of, I had kind of chased that baby down. You know, I was getting, I was, you know, close to a consistent ball striker and and you know it, the topping and the shanks were fewer and far between than a real ball flight but then like when you get that act the the actual divot that comes after the ball that like you see pros hitting i mean for years i probably learned that 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 divot comes after contact with the ball like a year ago i thought it was before the ball so i was just chunking into the ground two inches in front of the ball but yeah like yeah so now now you know i can i can snake some of those out pretty good um wedges are probably my strongest uh suit you know Mm -hmm. like a a full swing wedge chipping is you know it comes and goes but my long game is just atrocious i just can't hit driver i could sense some paternal uh support from Sonny as you were talking he does he's very supportive I just want him to get better because I I see it in him you know when we play together I see that he has it he's an athletic guy but it's tough people start and a lot of people following our accounts and out there that are into golf right now started when they were 25 to 30 years old you get done with college and you're like working your job and you're like what can I do for fun you know my knees can't you know you can't play basketball softball is not enough sometimes and golf is is there for you um So, but those are, you know, I was fortunate enough to start playing when I was 13. Um, And those movements that I learned then were just easier to learn for a 13 year old, you know, and granted now I've been doing them for almost 20 years. So, yeah. 
um but i i started i was like a baseball junkie growing up my in my so little league days and then i didn't grow when i when i transferred to the big field at 13 i was a catcher and people stole on me every single time and like would laugh as they were running to second because i just had no arm whatsoever it was like <laughs> terrible for me i hated it uh, um so i started playing golf at a little par three course i i picked it up quick i played in high school i was a professional golf management major in college for a oh, couple wow. of years i was an assistant pro for a few years and um I think I, I my handicap last year was a two. I've I've shot as low as sixty seven a couple of times. Wow. Um, but I when I was about twenty five, twenty six, I just wanted to have fun out there. So mm-hmm. I kind of put the, you know, I, I was tough on myself for years. It, it was a grind, you know, because you just want to play good when you go out there, and it wasn't as enjoyable. Yeah. It's like night and day with me now between then. And, you know, I, I play almost just as well sometimes now with just having fun, having a couple of drinks out there. But I, I am a great ball striker. I do everything well. I am a very bad putter. And it's all in my head. But I am I, I'm, my shirt even says three putt king. Um, <laughs> and I am. Uh, I'll go out there, hit 17 greens in regulation and shoot 75. Like, it's just. And for me, it's like two footers. It's the weirdest thing, man. I ha- I get the yips with the shortest putts. I don't even know how you can miss them. I honestly don't. God, but this is such. A, this is going to be a such a great show. episode. We've got a two. We've got a fifteen. We've got yips. We've got. I think Shelba said something about his brain not being great for golf. We got a lot to unpack oh, yeah. here. Oh yeah, we got um, demons. There's demons over here. Good, good. Let's open the closet. <laughs> so, Sonny, real quick. First of all, why didn't your coaches? move you to second base or first uh, that's what a good they, question i loved catching I, I got bored i got bored everywhere else uh, i got loved it. being in every play catching yeah, and, yeah. and that was like my favorite thing about it um and then uh, i sat on the bench for a couple of years before i decided that it was time for, to go golf full-time uh and that it. was pretty boring for me and then i ended up growing i, I was five one back then i'm six feet now i'm a solid six feet now a big boy I just did it late yeah i'm a big boy yeah. what can i <laughs> yeah. say um that's... but it happened late for me that's funny. I was the same way. I was 5'2 as a freshman in high school, and now I'm 5'11. There you go. And I loved thing. baseball. I wish I could have stuck with it, but, I mean, what would I be doing now? I'd be one of the, you know, just playing softball down the road on, on Thursday nights under the lights. Right. Like, you yeah. Know, um, I'd rather play golf with the boys. And for context to the listeners, you guys are both on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so we've had months and months off right yeah. now. We're, yeah. we're, we're coming up on golf season now. It's exciting. Yep. Uh, the Masters is like the kickoff time for us. That's when mm-hmm. you really start to get the bug. You watch those guys playing, and you can't wait to get out there. Yep, and you think you can hit it as good as them. For whatever reason, you oh, start every, yep, every year. Watch them hit it, yep. and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to the range do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel, when you go hit those first couple of balls, you feel like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm there. I think I can do And then you're And then, you know, you take that swing you saw on TV, and it doesn't do the same thing, and you're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Right back where we were last year. All right, so let's start with Chuba. Chuba, you said mm-hmm. that... It sounded like, from what you said, focus is an issue for you. Um, yeah. Maybe expand on what the struggle is there and what sure. you think, what would you like to focus on that you think would improve your game? What would you like to do that you currently feel you can't do? Well, the thing, like, I've plateaued in this space where, like, um, in order for me to progress beyond my plateau, which is, like, you know, an 88 to 93 ish. Mm -hmm. Um, 
is like I need to not have that seven and eight that's definitely going to come. The big and one, it's yeah. and that's what I mean by my attention span is like there's going to be there's going to be a, a spot in the in that four to five hour round where so you know I'm I'm either in the conversation with the homie in the group or you know I was laughing or maybe just had like you know I just took the second beer down you know and then that really you know that just it 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 gets to a point where I'm gonna think about something else and it's not even you know it's not it could be something as harmless as like Sonny makes a, a punny joke and I'm just like chuckling about it but I'm also addressing my ball and not focusing on that and then I just turn around and hit it and it's a bad shot and then you know that's gonna be my seven or eight so you know it's just it's there's just that that one or that's all it takes is like that one little window of 10 seconds and then the whole score is done and then once it's like you know once the score is done i mean it's just let's open the floodgates here and have some fun yeah so it sounds like there's almost this anticipation right that you're waiting for the big one i can almost feel like sunny's paternal uh sense coming up again because you were mm -hmm. You know, it sounds like you're a little, you can be hard on yourself, like all of us are out on the course, but you're almost right. expecting yeah. the big one to come, right? Yeah. Well, when you say big one, what do you mean? A big score, big number, big score right? a big blow up. Yeah, yeah. big number. Um, yeah, no, that's going to come. I don't think, I think I've, I think I've come to terms with like, you know, being worried about it. It's just going to happen. And if it didn't happen, I wouldn't be on this plateau. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it's one of those things. Here's kind of how I go about my rounds. A typical, like if I'm going out to play 18 with friends, um, I'll usually start it off like sober, you know what I mean? To have some water. And then, and because that way, if I do get to a point where it's like, okay, I can make a score here, you know, I can continue to play it out with a, with a straight mind. But the second I hit a bad shot, it's like, well, that the score's out the window now. So, mm. you know, let's, let's have a good time at least. You know, I don't want to spend the rest of my round being upset and angry about it. So, you know, I do give myself a fair opportunity each round to uh, make a good score. But at the same time, you know, I do enjoy being out there for the sake of being out there. So once the score is, you know, no longer feasible, um, th that's where I'll then you know, go ahead and take the day off. But the funny thing about this that I think a lot of people can relate to and learn from is it doesn't sound, Chubba, that it's necessarily that the score, you might have one big number or one bad shot, but that it doesn't necessarily impact this or like kill the score, right? And so what it sounds like to me is there is this, uh, this belief that one bad shot means oh there it is that's the shot i've been trying to suppress so my day is over versus just golf is filled with bad shots right totally. and a lot of times when you have a bad shot or a big number that's why i think we tweeted and posted this week like the best way to shoot a low score is to bogey the first right because then you kind of take the pressure off yourself and you just go play and by playing and playing free you end up actually shooting a good score i told i was just gonna throw this in really quick we talked about this today I just, I want a caddy for him for 18 holes just to yeah. keep his mind where it needs to be. Cause I, and I feel like that with a lot of people, if, if the right person is in their ear trying to keep them in it mentally, that's such, it really is such a big part of it. I love that you guys are, are like bringing that to light on a podcast. It's, it really is yeah. such a huge part of, of enjoying the game and playing well. 
Right. But so like, let me run you through how this kind of goes, you know, like my good playing is kind of like bogey, double bogey. Like I'm, I'm double bogeys are starting to piss me off a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but like I'm, it's the triples and eights and things like that, that I like want to keep off the scorecard. So I'll, I'll be having a day like that and, and that's fine. And that's, you know, that's the type of thing where if I continue that and have a good hole here or there, I could, you know, bring that score down a little bit, but you know, when that bad hole happens and you have that seven or eight, now it's like, you know, I'm, I understand how there's a little bit of like, you're giving up on yourself a little bit, but there's no chance. I'm going to, I'm going to rebound from a triple with like, we're going to start stringing birdies together all of a sudden. So while I might go back to like playing within, you know, my capabilities, I think for, from a score standpoint, I just kind of shake it off finish the round happy that way I want to come back and take another whack at the score because just you know just like in golf how you you know you never want to you never want to bring a past shot back into your present shot life you know good or bad that's kind of the way I look at it with with rounds too you know so I I certainly don't go out there to have a bad time and so maybe there's part of me that just makes sure that doesn't happen because I love golf and I want to I want to keep coming back yeah well, I think you said something interesting there where it's like a lot of us feel like my co-host Serm, who's not here, he he jokes a lot on the podcast. Like we say we got it back by birding, right? Like let's say you make a double or you you bogey and you think you got it back with the birdie. You actually didn't get anything back. Like the bogey is on the card. There's nothing you can do to get the bogey off. I understand why people say that. I understand you're technically lowering a score, but they're not getting it back. So I think the interesting thing for maybe people to think about here for their game is like, you know, Kyoba, maybe you're thinking about, I have no chance to string together birdies to eliminate what happened, right? Maybe we don't need to eliminate anything. Maybe it's just about well, hitting the next one. And I think a lot of it probably has to do with like, I kind of want to unpack course management a little bit, right? Because like, what is causing the eight? right? Is it, that's that lapse in judgment there every time it's so what, what, what did you lapse in judgment? Give me an example. Is it going for it? Is it trying to be a hero from the trees? Like what's the pattern? No, like I'll get distracted and not do like any pre-shot routine or have a swing thought or even kind of really like look at the ball. You know what I mean? Like it'll be, it's, it's bad, but it just, it it happens, you know? So that shot and then that one goes in the woods, then you, you know, then you're right. Make a double like what, and what I mean by like get the shot back is that like just to get back on track to being able to break my personal best or whatever because sure. once you know I think for me there's not I don't put a hundred percent of the emphasis on score you know when I go out there so it's one of those things where it's like if I'm if I'm if I've got a chance to make a run at my personal best I'll go for it but if it's if it's not you know if it's not realistically on the table for like if I'm looking at a a back nine and I've got a birdie eight of the holes, you know, I'm not, I'm not focused much on score on the back nine. There, I might be focused on, you know, tweaking the shot or, you know, control or distance or something like that, but it's just, I'm not as focused on overall score at that point. But it sounds like from what you just said, when you're in contention of yeah. the best score, you are thinking about it. Yeah. Right? I'll go for it then. Yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting about that, I don't know, Sonny, if you've experienced this too. I, one of the things that amazes me the most about 
tour pros, especially Tiger, is you'll hear them say, yeah, I went out there and I knew I had to, I had to target a 67. Like the goal was 67 and they can actually do that. Whereas for me, like I went to St. Andrews alone uh, in 2015, hell of a trip. Awesome. Uh, next time I would love to go with a group of guys like yourself. But um, I went alone, I was in Europe and uh, I went on from a trip in Spain and France and I, I extended it on by myself. And uh, mm. I was so happy to be there that it was like my caddy was telling me like, hit, a, hit at that little tower out there and cut it. And I was so amazed by my surroundings, happy to be there that I made a, I made a birdie like on 11 and then suddenly I made a birdie on 15 and a couple bogeys. And suddenly I'm like one under, right? And I didn't even realize it. And so I think that's an important maybe thing to talk through too, is like, Sonny, how often when you play well, are you actually thinking about the results and of what you're doing versus like you get really honed in on the shot at hand or trying to keep the ball in play or manage the situation shot to shot? I think I, I am always trying to shoot even par. So if I'm over par, I'm trying to get back to it. And if I'm under par, I'm trying, and I know this is bad. If I'm under par, I'm just trying to stay under, you know, but I am huge on the shot at hand. That's like the only thing I ever think about, except when I'm putting, I'm always thinking about the next one, which is a problem. Um, But everywhere else I am that one shot. I'm big on visualizing it. I'm big on picking a shot and trying to hit that exact shot and and not thinking about the last one or the next one in those in those situations yeah um but yeah even par is like where i'm always where i'm trying to go and one i know when i'm out like four once i get to four over i might think it might be done and then i'll try to get it close i'll try to get it back close um so if i'm over par i'm always trying to make birdies and if i'm under i i'm just trying to keep it where it is to be honest so going into a round are your expectations like shooting par that's the goal yeah if I'm going in to a course, maybe like a tough one or somewhere I never played or tough conditions, I'm happy breaking it. I just want to break 80. That's always what I want to do. But yeah. when I'm out there, I'm trying to shoot even par. Got it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, a podcast we've done before. And Chubba, this might, you might really connect with this where, um, you know, we kind of related it to, I think we called it the golf's gambit where we, we did a comparison to chess where it's like, I'm sure, have you guys seen Queen's Gambit? Mm-hmm. Not, not the I whole season, watch. but I've seen probably the first five episodes or something. I'm familiar with chess, but I didn't watch the show. All right, so the chess example then is you get, let's say your opponent's on the offensive, right? You get backed into a corner. In golf, we berate ourselves for being in the corner, right? And we think that we're shit, can't believe we're here, we're not going to get out of it. Where in chess is very like move to move. Okay, well, I have three moves that I can do here. What's my best move? Well, I'm not going to go there because the rook might take me or I'm not going to go there because it's going to set me up to get in check. So I'm just going to like move the pawn here. And then whatever they do next, I'm going to react to that. Right. And it's kind of a way to play golf in like a reactive way, kind of like other sports, right? Where it's not, and it's hard to do, right? Because of course, when you hit a really bad shot, especially the shot you've been trying not to hit all day, it's easy to get down on yourself. 
but we kind of explored the idea of like, what if the recovery actually is the game, right? Like what if hitting out of the trees, trying to make par or save bogey actually is the game. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think I feel that because what's more fun than making those pars, yeah. or, you know, than, than making rather than, I mean, yeah, a birdie's fun when you hit a perfect drive, you hit it to 12 feet and make a putt. But when you pull one left into the trees and you think you have no chance at par and you hook one around and it rolls up there and, and, you know, you get up and down out of a bunker for par that's, it feels a million times better than that birdie that I mean, to me anyway. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, the saves are, are, are way more fun. And if that, if that is the game, then I love it. I'm a big yeah. fan, big golf guy. <laughs> so Chaba, let's start with you. Mm -hmm. Let's open the closet. Let's let, let's let a couple demons out. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, what shot or situation makes you the most scared or gives you the most, you feel the most pressure on driver off the tee without a doubt. And is there, is it specific, uh, trouble in a certain direction or just in general with the driver? Uh, I would say, I mean, they the, started with a slice. Now it's like, uh, what a, what is it? A pull hook just mm. drives left right out of the gate. Mm. Um, and then sometimes snappy. it'll just, it'll them. just get, you know, I'll, I'll hit a good one. So it's like, it's very hard because I try to do the same thing, but I have, you know, I, I just, with all my other clubs, I have an understanding of, you know, my preferred grip and, you know, where the club's going in the backswing, what the rest of my body is doing. And with driver, I've just got no idea. Every time it's something new. Interesting. So, yeah. What about you, Sonny? Um, what was the question again? What part of the game is like what situation or shot gives you the most anxiety? Oh, putting. Um, putts that I'm expected to make. As especially as somebody who's been like an above average golfer for a long time, you mm -hmm. feel like you're supposed to make putts inside 10 feet. And I very rarely make those. Um, and that and that makes it hard. It's it's I know how much of a mind game it is for me with putting. Cause it's all I think about is missing putts when I'm putting and that can't be a good, that can't yeah. be good to think about when you're taking putts. Um, but for me, it's 100% putts inside 10 feet. Like I, I've even been to the point where I have an easy chip and I'm chipping really well and I'm putting so bad that I'll say I should chip this like to 10 or 12 feet instead of, you know, three or five, mm -hmm. because I'd rather not be expected to make that next putt. That those are things that literally go on in my head. <laughs> I'm not lying. So, let me ask you this then when you're thinking like that do you think it's a fear of letting yourself down and feeling ashamed personally or do you think it's driven more when you like you feel it more when you're with other people because you're embarrassed of what they think yeah i think it's definitely it has to do with what other people are think when they're watching yeah because it's like the it's like the only part of my game that's not there and people will watch me hit a ball and swing a golf club and they're like wow that kid must be good and then they right. watch me putt and they're like oh you shot 80 today like what with that swing like what happened oh he's a terrible putter you miss every single thing so i think it has be... a lot to do with with what and and i've gotten better about that with my with my age i think it was tougher when i was younger now i, I really don't i really don't care anymore if i miss short putts i know that it happens all the time i still play well sometimes i have it sometimes i don't but when i was younger it, it caused a lot of anger in my game and it made mm -hmm. me uh really not have fun out there a lot of rounds um just grinding you know it felt like such a grind like work um, yeah but once you get over that 
and just have a good time. And it's been like night and day for me. And what have you worked on or what have you tried to help yourself have a better mindset over putts? If anything, every putter, every grip, I, I, I change my, I don't even have no. a set yeah. putting. He's done everything. He's I don't have, a, sometimes I'll go one hole cross-handed and the next one regular. And mm-hmm. when I practice, I don't have a, a I don't have there, my every swing I take and I set up to the ball exactly the same. I get behind it. I look at, I pick it a tar. I have a whole routine with the putter. Everything's just out the window. I'm just trying to put it. I'm just trying to two putt. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, so right now I have the fattest super stroke grip on my putter. Um, like I, I was going across handed most of the year last year. Then I switched back. Uh, so I've tried everything possible. I've practiced. And when I practice putting, it just like hurts my back after a while. Like yeah. it's boring to practice putting. It really is, but it pays off. It really, when you put, when you practice and have that muscle memory, it's, it's night and day, but I'm not, I'm not big on the practicing of putting. I'd rather just be bad at it and, and enjoy myself out there than, you know, do you maybe, have a blade or a mallet? I have a blade right now. I also have a mallet. I also have a, um, uh, Bomar <laughs> putters sent me. Yeah. A, Just got them um, what's it called? Uh, side, saddle. side saddle. So I could, I can try that out this year. Uh, which is going to be interesting if I can figure that out. So what's interesting is it sounds like, and so many people do this. I've done this. I've, I'm doing this with my swing right now. I'm an eight and I've, you know, I work a lot in the mental game. I do like stress stuff as part of my career. And so like, I've got the tools mentally. Right. And I put in so much time and effort into mechanical swing stuff. Right. Especially because we have coaches and instructors on the show and I learned something new. You want to try it. Oh yeah. But it sounds like most of the stuff you've tried with putting is mostly mechanical equipment yeah. oh yeah technique. I, haven't I haven't tried anything mental and, I, and and it's a mental nightmare up there so I'd probably benefit from trying something new thinking wise yeah um, yeah why well, you got some uh you got some tips for me i mean it's so therapy when you i mean let's <laughs> let why don't we why don't we try for a second so yeah let's do that yeah, yeah let's, let's try it. this okay so uh i work with a guy who has the yips and uh, I've worked with him mentally. And what happens in this scenario is you've created something in your mind that you don't want to happen, right? Oh, yeah. All of stress is a situation that you think you don't have the resources to handle or a situation that goes differently than what you want. And it sounds counterintuitive and it sounds crazy, but sometimes easiest way to counteract that is to flip the script. So in your swing, you have confidence in your swing. You're not thinking about four different things in your backswing, or you would have no fluidity and no ability to hit the ball, right? Kind of what Mm -hmm. Chubba explained he experiences with the driver, which I can empathize Mm -hmm. with. I've struggled with a big miss in the driver for two years now. Um, But when I have a nine iron in my hand, I don't, I'm not worried about the miss right mm-hmm. and so what the best players do in my experience and what i hear from other coaches is you've got to find your uh you got to find something to stick to and your trigger right so mm-hmm. whether it's um you know keeping your head down and your body still 
and feeling like your arms rock and just really light with the hands. And a lot of times uh, I've actually read this book that says how to make every putt. That would be a great book I'd recommend mm -hmm. because sinking a putt is not the same as making a putt. So sinking a putt is out of your control because there is, could be something on the green. You could hit a perfect putt. It just doesn't go in. It could hit mm -hmm. something, you know, you've, you, we've all hit bad putts that go in. We've all hit good putts that don't. So when you know that and you fully accept it, all you can do is get the ball started on your line. And what that does is you end up making a lot of putts because you're not trying to make them. Mm -hmm. You're just trying, you're to, trying to get to it started yep. and it can kind of free you up a little bit. But what causes the anxiety is you're stepping in a situation that has a lot of shame, a lot of like you've, you've tied your identity to it, that I'm a bad putter. Mm, I have, you're right. Right. I have. I'm so true, and yeah. so yeah. when we like take a step back and realize that's just something you've told yourself so many times, maybe years. Mm. Um, I've seen the most amazing thing happens when someone compliments something you've told yourself is a shitty part of you. Right. Mm. Um, and sometimes you just have to tell yourself <laughs> that you're <laughs> nice strokes out there and nice roll. Yeah. And... <laughs> nice roll. Yeah. And you're like, what? I suck at putting. So the so first thing that new putter I ordered, it's not going to work for me coming in next week. I mean, it could sometimes <laughs> looking down at something new can give you a I'm fresh thing. Right. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to like reverse the, the pattern. Right. Mm -hmm. I think and I say to yourself, I I I'm actually to not a bad putter. I've been just doing things that don't really set me up for success. So mm -hmm. why don't I treat it like I do my long game, focus on one thing that I can control, get it started on my line with good rhythm and leave the rest up to chance. Yeah. Right. And take off yep. some of the pressure. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I need to think of one thing. You're right. I do. I need something new <clears throat> and it needs to be the same all year. I need to commit one year to one thing with my putting because it's the only, it's the only part of my game I've never done that with. And Kevin Chappell said that on our show years ago. He's like his goal after he made the President's Cup and he was playing the best golf of his life before he got hurt. He said his goal for putting is to stick to the same routine all year long. No matter how he's putting, don't change anything. Hmm. And technically, I would say my putting was a game changer when I switched from a blade to a mallet. I know hmm. we all like the look of a blade. Yeah. But the forgiveness of a mallet is like, why would you play with a persimmon wood when you can play with a sim too? It's true. You know? It's true. That's why yeah, Chubb has got that ghost. I agree. Yeah. That's yeah. a spider, but. Oh, sorry. It's a spider. Yeah. 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 That's good Get yourself, yeah. Give yourself a spider. I got one over there somewhere. In the, yeah, he's, you know. he's done it all with equipment. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this. I know we're a little bit over time because we went with our That's IG it. live. Um, yeah. I got a few more for you. But let me ask you this. Why do you guys think that in golf we chase perfection where like bowling for example we go bowling like i'm from the midwest bowling was like all we could do besides eat drink and watch sports right mm -hmm. uh you throw two gutter balls you're not down on yourself for the rest of the day it's just kind of a fun thing i i kind of suck at bowling but you still go why do you think golf is not that way why do you think it's hard for golfers to play be okay with anything other than perfection. Well, I think in that bowling analogy, the first thing for me that comes to mind is just that the, 
the change in space. I mean, in bowling, you just have that small little lane and you have those very visible bumpers on both sides. Right when you look at that, you got to know something might be going in there. But when you look at a golf course, it's just there's so much open space and it just feels like when you miss a target that's that big and you're either in the woods or in the water and the penalty is that steep that it just, I think that makes you feel a little bit more like a bonehead where, you know, whereas obviously like the golf swing has, if you're off by just a degree or a little hair, you know, your shots not going where you want it. But I think when just from, a human perspective when you look out into an open field and it's, you know, as, as wide as some of these fairways are, um, you know, it's, it, I think it's frustrating to not be able to hit that open spot with that teeny tiny little ball. Cause golf's one of those games, right. That it seems so easy when people dumb it down and say it on paper, it's like, you're just hitting a little ball into a hole. And it's like, I mean, it is not as easy as you make it sound. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an, a level of that to it. Yeah, I think I think also I, I definitely when you I've never even thought about that until you said that. And I think you that's so right that it is it's so open for you to end up like behind a tree or in a little tiny right. water hazard. It's like, how does that happen? You know? Yeah. Um, but I also think the fact that you can stack yourself up to literally anybody else playing the game has mm-hmm. has an effect, too. Um, whereas like other sports, it's not so much about just that one number, you know? it's there but golf is that's all there is you get that one number and and there's not very much separating the good people from the bad people you feel like you can get to that next level beat that next guy get to that you know next 10 shots down um and i think that that chase can be frustrating and tough to it's tough to just accept where you are in golf um and and it's you almost feel like you never you never accept it I don't, I think everybody's always striving in golf to get better. Whereas when you go bowling, you're just kind of, you know, going bowling. You probably you know, mm-hmm. you might have a good game. You're probably going to have a bad one too, but yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Golf that just that one, that number in golf is, is something that's, that's very unique to the game. Yeah. And that strive for perfection, I feel is too, you know, like you don't, you don't hear about perfection in a lot of other games or sports, you know, like you can reach a certain level in basketball. Like nobody's calling Michael Jordan or LeBron James, like perfect at basketball. Right. But with, and, and I think it's has to do with golf. Like it's such a mesmerizing game that it's so, it would be fascinating to perfect and like playing a perfect game. I mean, hitting every shot where you want, it to go would just be an unbelievable feeling. So I just, I think there's a piece of the game where it's, it's something that seems so complicated and hard and, uh, you know, ultimately unattainable to, you know, achieve perfection in golf that makes it such a sought after thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think what I've seen in my experience is like everyone starts out you know, other than some of the phenoms like Tiger Rory that are born and they have an amazing swing and they're smashing it as a two-year-old on TV, right? All of us start off terrible where we can't hit it. And then a lot Mm -hmm. of times the embarrassment in front of friends drives us to get better. Um, And I think what's interesting is you taste, you hit one good, right? And you think you figured it out. 
I think that's a big thing with golf is we think that there is a destination and anytime we have a really bad shot or hit the shot, we've been wanting to not hit, right? Like maybe Sonny with a missing a two footer or Chubba with snap hooking one off the tee. It's easy to feel like we've regressed where really I've realized over doing this podcast and stuff I've learned about, there is no such thing of really regressing. Like, yeah, you can go through slumps and different things, but I think we beat ourselves up more versus just like, we could technically play golf, like bowling. Like we could accept that we're going to go out there and we're going to hit a lot of bad ones, but maybe our goal today is just hit one fucking perfect one and relish in it with each other and maybe hit see Chubba just smoke one down the middle and mm -hmm. crack open a beer with them after mm -hmm. and right. hold on to that one. Right. Where I think sometimes the reason it hurts is because we've seen all the bad ones. We finally have a good one. We think we're going to get more of them. We hit another bad one. We think we've taken two steps back when really it's just the game. Yeah. It's a wave. And that's, and that's why it's, it really is a life sport. I mean, it, it really is 18 holes. So relatable to life. There's so many mm -hmm. ups and downs. Um, it's like, it's, it's beautiful, man. Like it's, it really is when you step back and look at it, like there's just so much beauty to it to be able to, um, be within yourself for 18 holes and, and deal with those ups and downs. It teaches you a lot more than you, than you might think as far yeah. as like life oh, goes, yeah. you know, if you can stay level-headed through 18 holes of golf, uh, then more power to you. Cause yeah. that's tough, you know? Yeah. That's kind yeah, of the purpose so, of this whole show. Exactly. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I, I was really excited to come on here when you said that because that's like one of my favorite things about like life in general is just the way like perception and the way people look at things and yeah and and like the reasons for that and and that you know what comes from that and I think golf is a perfect example of something that is just so tied to the way that you're that you're looking at it and and treating it mentally. Yeah, it's really unique. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many life lessons that you can learn on the golf course and apply to your life and have it improve. It not only like you learn you learn on the golf course how the application improves your golf game and then if you apply those same lessons to your life you see similar results. It's yep. quite a it's quite a game. So last question for you guys before we tell people where to find you um if they don't find you already. Uh one thing we've talked about today that you're going to commit to right now that you think you want to try next time you play, or that is, is making you think a little bit differently or that you want to think a little bit differently moving forward. I'm, I'm going to try to hit my putt all year. I'm going to try to hit, pick a putt and hit it every single time, every, every single putt that I have and not think about trying to guide it into the hole or, or think about it dropping, just thinking about that putt, that line, and hitting it every single time. And not Hard only am I thinking line. about it, do it all year long. Yeah. Going okay. low this year, boys. Love it. Love it. I think I'm torn either between being a big boy and hitting driver straight or trying to not have that blow up hole. But I don't know which, I, I honestly am on the fence as to which one is more unattainable. He wanted to say that he knows he's going to have that blow up hole. So, well, yeah. I feel like that's happen. what you wanted to say there. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, but, but at the same time, the driver might not be flying straight either. But I'll, I'll, say, I'll say I'll concentrate more on the blow-up hole. I think concentration is probably a bigger 
uh, need uh, area of focus that I need to improve on more than the rest, I guess. Well, if I was with you, Chubb, and I was on the bag, mm-hmm. I would say I wouldn't necessarily focus on not having the bullet pole. I would rather you focus on what do you have that day, right? Like if you know the driver's not working and you got a hook and there's something left, hit the three wood, hit the hybrid and give yourself a better chance, right? Because like you hear Tiger talk about it, like he would have hook stances hitting a draw um, coming into the tournament and was somehow hitting cuts and he would play a cut the whole tournament, right? Where we go out there and we're trying to hit the shot we hit three days ago when it's just not happening, right? Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been down that road um, and like similar to bowling, I have a better score with a straight roll, but I like the curved shot better. You know what I mean? Cause that's what the pros do. So yeah. I'll sacrifice some score by trying to, you know, learn my spin. And it's, you know, I, I've, I've, I played a, a full year, maybe a year and a half hitting like five iron off the tee and just trying to, you know, minimize the damage there that driver usually causes. But ultimately it's like, you know, you're going to get to a course where you're going to need driver. So I would sure. just rather, I would rather have more rep reps, you know, with every club in my bag. So in those situations where I actually do need it, you know, I've got to be able to, I've got to be able to do something. Totally. Yeah. Or maybe it's not trying to be a hero, right? You hit one mm-hmm. in a lake or in the trees, play for bogey right? And put one up by the green and give yourself a 12 footer instead of trying to put it close and try and two putt, you know? Um, yeah, no, hundred percent. I love it. Well, guys, this was great. I kind of want to like, I think we should either do like a video series or like follow up on Sonny's putting, Chubba's driving. Oh, absolutely. And do some mental yeah, game stuff back up. and forth. I mean, I think there's a lot that we could improve here and build on. I think yeah. I think we're gonna have to lock in a mental episode coming up here in the next couple of weeks on the group jack golf pod. I love it. Yeah, that. yeah. Maybe uh, we could have you and your your co-host on because we didn't get to meet him today. And I would love a follow-up at the end of the year or something. This was good because I, I like this style of conversation. Our pod is more like fart jokes and stuff, which I also <laughs> love. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's nice to, you know, t- take a little bit more uh, of a look into that mental game, you know, mental aspect of the game and why we love it and why we play. That's a fun conversation to be had, too. So this was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having us on. I think it's nice to bring to light that that it's not just like PGA Tour pros that go through these mental things, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's literally every person that steps out there on the golf course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and so having us on, man. Yeah, thanks for coming. And if you guys aren't following Group Chat Golf Memes, one of my favorite accounts at thank Group you, Chat you. Golf Memes. There's a couple underscores yep. in between there, but yeah, you type there. that in. You type it. that in, and it'll pop up. Um, yeah. And Group Chat Golf Podcast, right? Anywhere else you you want to send people? Um, Chubba, at Chubba Watson down there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be we'll be following him, making sure he's hitting good drives and not having blow up holes this summer. Um, yeah. I'm at officially sunny, but if you find us at group chat golf, you'll find us everywhere. Um, yeah. at group chat golf memes and at group chat golf is our podcast page. So love it. Well, guys, this was a pleasure. Happy masters Thursday. Uh, yeah. God, and, uh, yeah, you excited too. to come on, uh, the group chat pod soon. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. It's been a blast. Um, I'm excited to start hitting putts this year. Not, not making putts, hitting putts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you started on your line. Making them from there, you know? 
Well, this was great. Take care. Talk to you yeah, soon. Thanks, Evan. Appreciate All it. Right. Bye.